Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Raptors Reasonable Podcast, the the podcast whose name I almost forgot. Uh, <laughs> this is why you don't host multiple podcasts, Wes, with uh, alliterative Raptors names. Uh, is I'm, that why? I mean, that's that's part of why. Would our podcast not being alliterative lead to you remembering the name more? Uh, maybe, because I almost said Raptors Republic, Republic instead of Raptors uh, Reasonable. Multiple, yes, I see. I wasn't the... listening to you, you know, as yes. usual. That's happened a couple times already today. Uh, uh, I'm your host, It's Blake almost Murphy. like I'm distra- distracted with my own thoughts. Yes, I'm your host, Blake Murphy. Uh, joining me, as usual, is, is Eric Green of the Athletic Toronto. This is your Athletic Toronto, Toronto Raptors podcast. I asked, uh, we were going to you know, take some time off for the offseason. The reason we're coming to you today is because we have to talk about Antonius Cleveland, yeah. who, who uh, you know, was in working out for the, for the Raptors at Bridge Draft Workouts today. Eric, Eric, your thoughts on the 30 second, two minutes and 30 seconds of Antonius Cleveland? Cleveland. He, uh, he can run. He can run. Yeah, he set the, the, he set the record for uh, highest score in, in the end of uh, workout drill that the Raptors do, do that basically, I don't know if we, did we talk about this last week? I don't think so. I've written, um, about, um, written about it. But. Yeah, that, so what happens is that the, at, the, at the end of going through all these drills, when, presumably when they're most, they're most tired, they have to go end to end to end to shoot three-pointers basically for a minute and a half. And then the last minute is spent piling up as many layup, layups as they can in a, in a, in a row. And uh, uh, Antonius Cleveland set the record today with 50 total points. Rest in, rest in peace, uh, Semi Ojale, yeah. who had the previous high with 44. Yeah, uh, and, and the Raptors do base the entirety of their draft rankings on on this performance. Yes. So it's not. How do you think you Bruno got drafted? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was no, um, last year they actually had a different finishing drill altogether. Together. Um, so, you know, it's something designed to test fatigue, um, to see how the shot's going to hold up when a player's tired. Uh, mostly it's a, it's a mental test to see how yeah. they'll fight through it from, from talking to people around the team. That seems to be the point of it. Point of it. Um, Antonio Cleveland is not on the draft radar, um, um, really. Uh, but someone who is at number 23 and who uh, uh, performed pretty well with 40 points, really good for a guy who's, you know, 6'9", 245, Caleb Swanigan, um, really interesting name. We're not actually... Not, not Irish. Yeah, not Irish. Uh, yeah, don't let names fool, fool you. Like that one guy who once uh, tweeted a bunch of Italian slurs at Blake Murphy on Twitter. <laughs> um, you know, you know, he he got me. Yeah. He, you know, this is sorry, this is, sorry, Paisano. Yeah. Um, anyway, we are not uh, here to talk to you about draft stuff because it's still so early in the process. Today we are recording May thirtieth. Um, the the Raptors have now worked out twenty six players, which is interesting, and a, and a hand, handful of those five of them pulled out of the draft process altogether. Um, but maybe five five to seven of those guys are probably in consideration for the number twenty three pick. We pick the Raptors historically do not care for mock drafts or consensus ranking rankings um, as picks like Bruno Caboclo, DeAndre Daniels, Norman Powell, Powell Pascal Siakam would suggest. I like today that uh, Dan Tolsman, Tolsman the what is it? Director of player personnel now? Yes. He used to be director of sector scouting. Yes, and probably um, soon to be assistant general manager. Um, <laughs> wild speculation here wild on, speculation. on the Athletic Toronto podcast. Um, 
I like how he said he doesn't pay attention to mock, dra- mock drafts because, like, if he did pay attention to mock drafts, he should be fired immediately. immediately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, look, it, it's so much fun. The draft process, the process is awesome for looking at that kind of stuff yeah. and the rankings. Um, if anyone is curious, curious uh, over the last few years, um, I f- I'm drawing a blank on who I want to say. I want to say it's Justin at Nylon Calculus, um, which is now the step back. Um, um, someone has graded who's done the best in mock drafts. Um, Chad Ford ranks number one for actually getting hits at player X in, X in spot Y. Um, but Draft Express over the years has consistently openly outperformed everyone else in terms of um, effectiveness using root uh, um, root square mean error or root mean square error, whatever, whatever the acronym is. is um, and that's controlling for the fact that, you know, lottery picks are perhaps, are perhaps a little easier and yeah. second round picks are tougher. So Draft Express is where you want to go for that stuff. But the Raptors have gone way off board. Um, we're not here to talk to you about draft stuff. We're here. We're here. Because we were both in the same room in the afternoon, I had a little bit, a little bit of time to kill before heading over to the you're Jays. Leaving, you're leaving me, and we will not have this podcast podcast for the next two weeks because me alone I'm going to be gone. So, um, yeah, we didn't want to take more than we didn't want to take a three week break. That's, that's um, coming in August, there are, baby. Yeah, while there are still things to talk about. August and September, yeah. September this podcast will probably be pretty dead. But uh, with the draft coming up, free agency coming up. You can call me coming in, coming in Croatia in September. You're going to Croatia? That's the plan. Awesome. We haven't booked, booked it yet. but Man, those beaches. Uh, there are currently six to seven, seven uh, travel books taken from the library. So we better be, to, be to going to Croatia. Sweet. To book some flights. Anyway. Shout out to the library for... Toronto Public Library system. Yeah, it's one of the best yeah. in the world. world. Yeah. Uh, I don't agree with Drake General Store selling $40 Tor- Toronto Public Library t-shirts, but otherwise. Well, does, do any of the, pro- the proceed, proceeds go to I have no idea. TPS? I just know I saw a t-shirt there. You would, you would have to get rights, I would think, from the TPS yeah. to sell that. Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah. I'm just seeing how many tangents we could go on to that. On to that. Yeah, uh, we're, so we're like six minutes in now and haven't talked about <laughs> anything that we're going to talk, talk about. Um, there is, to be honest, not a ton to sort through, sort through on the Raptors front, so we'll keep this pretty brief. We just didn't want a, a, long, uh, a long, a long, long break. Um, Eric, one we have some we, things to talk about. Let's we, go. We, we do have some things to talk about. Uh, you have been working on a series at the Athletic Toronto, Toronto uh, that pertains more to the July 1st marker that's coming up instead of, instead of the June 22nd one, that being free agency. Yeah. The Raptors with four unrestricted free, free agents. If they were all to walk, they would only have about $20 million in money in money to replace all of them. So if the Raptors are going to stay competitive, it stands, stands to reason they will want to keep a couple of those guys. Um, what you've been doing is, is developing a unofficial replaceability index for kind each, of, of, each of. of these four names um, basically exploring you know scenarios scenarios in which if these guys left you know can what they produce be created with what's in-house are they you know can you find those skills for cheap on the market market um, so let's talk about that yeah who did you start I forget what order you did the uh, uh, Abaka okay Tucker Patterson and I'm kind of, I'm currently in the midst of writing Lowry is there an order you'd like to talk about them about them in I'd like to talk about them in whatever order you'd like to talk about them in. Okay, let's let's start with. Well, I think like Tucker and Patterson together, together right. is makes sense because if, if probably the, if only the Ra- one of them yes, is coming if back. the Raptors are staying competitive, which is still an if, if, but if that happens, then we are dealing in a scenario scenario in which it would be almost impossible for both of them to come back yeah. unless Ibaka is not, is not coming back, right. which and I, I wrote see about- as a very unlikely scenario in which right. both of those guys, those guys come back and yes. Ibaka doesn't. And Ibaka, there have been rumors out there uh, um, that you know Ibaka has a bit of a handshake agreement in place with the Raptors. I would, I would think that only holds if the Raptors are going to remain competitive. Yeah. The deal wouldn't make sense for, sense for either side if... Uh, 
you know, if if the Raptors were going to change direction, direction. Um, but let's talk about Patterson and Tucker then. We'll we'll talk about Lowry and Ibaka after after. Um, even though Patterson and Tucker kind of flow from there, but for this conversation, yeah. let's 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 assume that the Raptors are trying to remain good, and that one of one of only one of these guys is going to come back. And what Tucker brings is obviously defense, defense across multiple positions, a lot of toughness. Um, you know, fans rightfully fell in, fell in love with him during the playoffs. The job he tried to do over 46 minutes on LeBron LeBron James in Game Four is is going to stand out as one of the more remar- remarkable um, you know Sisyphean efforts that that someone has put us put up in a. Hey guys, what's up? You guys are doing a podcast. Well, we won't right. be long. Sorry. Oh, that's. That's cool. You're gonna be able to edit that out. Yeah, we'll either edit it out or we'll leave it in. Leave it in. Hi, right. Stefano. Hello. Any hot takes? The, the Raptors media media relations staff has come to spy on us. Yes. Yeah. Just, and, just, and, just and take the coffee away. Just while we were burying their. Uh, yeah. Job performance. Right when we were talking about how the whole franchise is doomed without Jim, without Jim LeBombard. <laughs> See you, Stefano. Goodbye. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, PJ Tucker is a, a great defender. He's a guy who you know we didn't get a lot of time to get to know to know that well. So whether he even will want to stay or whether you know a Cleveland Golden State State San Antonio situation maybe yeah. speaks to him as someone who hasn't had a lot of playoff reps. Yeah, yeah. I also um, I like speculated on Houston there too. Like yeah, here, yeah. here, there's another guy who can take a bunch of threes, but maybe he can also can also give them. He's he's not the their prototype type right. of player player, but he can add. He can fit in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Patterson would fit in there too, if, yeah. especially if they think Patterson could play a little bit of center, like yeah. they kind of did with Nene. Um So, anyway, t- tell me about about what the conclusion you came so to I with think, Tucker or Patterson. I think ultimately, like, Tucker is less replaceable on the roster than Patterson is, um, just because of the one skill that he has as that nobody on the Raptors is particularly close to being able to line up, line up with. Like, Patrick Patterson's beauty as a player, as Dwayne Casey put to me uh, when I wrote about him, is that, he, is that he does nothing great and he does nothing bad. And, and while it might take the coaching staff, you know, a, a quarter, a third of the season to land on how exa- exactly to make up for those skills that you would lose and it's very hard to um you know it's a lot better a lot better when you can get them all in one player yes. than yes. You'd have to sort of cobble it together, yeah. together but i think between pascal siakam's development you you're hoping for between going smaller smaller naturally between drafting this, caleb swanigan yeah, between in this this in this scenario still having pj tucker uh who can can eat up minutes at the four um and you know using using norm powell a bit more as a shooter and a th- and a three you can sort sort of replace what he does, whereas with PJ Tucker, Tucker, the one-on-one defense, and not to un, you know he does lots, does lots of other things, but the one-on-one defense is not matched by Norman Powell. It's not matched by Damari Carroll. You know Patrick Patterson can't. I mean, has never done it for a long, a long period of his career. Even though they were sort of trying to push him in. That direct direction in a few different times put him on wing on wings as a defender under over the last few years. So I think, even though I I believe that Patterson might have have more overall value as a player, which I don't think will be reflected necessarily 
in their salaries, I think Tucker is less replace, replaceable on the Raptors roster right now. And realistically, with what the Raptors Raptors can do, could do in free agency. Yeah, I think that what makes sense. Think, and, right. I, and I think, look, I don't, you don't want to get too dialed into um, drafting for need. It's something I disagree with in general. Yeah. But if you're looking at looking at the, you know the Raptors on the number twenty three pick, and they they might move or they could trade it or trade it or whatever. But um, there is a huge glut of bigs from like the eighteen eighteen to forty range, roughly. So you know positionally, yeah, you already have a have a couple young bigs in Siakam and Pirtle. Um Lucas Nogueira is still very young. Bruno Caboclo's Caboclo is probably more of a power forward at this point. Um, but you know if you're looking to cobble cobble together minutes or shooting from that position or whatever, there's some. There's there's some talent there as yeah, well. Th- um, not talent you could rely on to come in and, and, and fill a spot right away. But um, you know there aren't PJ Tucker Tucker level defenders. Yeah, and I would add, sort of arguing with myself, which is what I tend to do, um, that we, sh- we shouldn't let like recency bias get in the way of this because Patrick Patterson was as bad in yes. the playoffs and, and, and honestly and probably Tucker, cost himself some money. Yeah, and PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker was good. Therefore, Patterson is not in the Raptors' plans, and Tucker is in the Raptors' plans. Like that's sort of a faulty assumption to make. Like like free agency is a fluid process. There are multiple parties involved with every decision. Tucker might not want to be here. Patterson Wilson might not want to be here anymore after, you know, never starting uh, uh, despite, you but know, he, a lot he of... he can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, had that uh, one bad preseason, yeah, preseason you know, game. Well, he's the, you know, after going from the unofficial sixth star- starter to... Just another bench guy. The, the unofficial official eighth garbage time yeah, player. The Raptors might not be happy that Patrick Patrick Patterson missed his uh, exit, interview. exit interview on the first day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that might be a sign of something more, and it might be a sign of nothing. Yes. Uh, uh, so I, I would caution against that type of uh, con- uh, conclusion, uh, but I just think it would be easier uh, to replace Patterson, and, and I should point out that Patrick Patterson, in the four years he's been a Raptor among, among rotation players, uh, he has been first, first, fourth, fourth, and first in terms of net rating. Yeah, he's quietly quite good. <laughs> um, um, I'm interested to see what the market, like, I, I think I have a good handle on what the market for PJ, PJ Tucker is going to be. Yeah. I think he'll, he could command up to the mid-level yeah. if he, if he yeah. wants, he yeah, wants to. like 326, but something if he like decides... That, yeah. That he wants to to play for a contender. I mean, any contender will grab him up in a second. Whether yeah. that's on the tax taxpayer mid level or yeah. you know something something else in that range. Um, pa- um, Patterson, I'm much more curious about his yeah. because because earlier in the year I would have said have said like. 15. Yeah, or like like, like Mirza Teletovic got 330. John John yeah. Luer got four somewhere between 40 and 44 yeah, over four years. 40, 40, yeah. yeah, so you know the market has been established that players who are more more one dimensional than Patterson yeah. are getting you know eight figures at that position that position because they can shoot threes. And as cold as Patterson got in the playoffs, he's he fits he fits that bill. So you'd think that's kind of yeah. the floor. Um, the thing with Patterson is a lot of that of the net rating intangibles that he brings. I have always kind of evaluated them, evaluated them as being marginal, not in the sense that they're um, small, small, but the fact that, you know, those things that Patterson does, does they're not going to turn the Brooklyn Nets yeah. from a 21 um, team to a 30, 30 like team. He's, both him and Tucker, there's a commonality there, yeah. are so much more, much more valuable on winning teams right. than they are on losing teams, right. which is sort of how most role players go, I right. guess, from a... From a 
you know, you can only be a mentor so much. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and past a certain threshold. Ask Jared um, Dudley about of, that, right? Right. Geez, you know? yeah. like, PJ Tucker's agent, basically, yeah. um, on Twitter during during the playoffs. Um, yeah. So there's a there's a certain threshold at which, at which you know the team is bad enough too that even if that player helped, it would just make more sense more sense to give those minutes to someone who's going to be there longer. And that's why, like, I was upside, speculating, so. speculating on like Patterson. Uh, on the Raptors, if this thing goes the other way, uh, and yeah. Kyle Lowry isn't back, and Serge Ibaka isn't back, and that doesn't work, it work either. No, because, and, like, and like he you, might, you know, you could logically yeah. see like a one year, one year deal for Patterson to try to recoup his value being in that role. Yeah. But if you're the, if you're the Raptors, then you know, say all four free agents leave, you only have twenty million dollars. Dollars, you probably want that twenty million in cap space to, um, you know, throw an offer sheet at a yeah, restricted, yeah. restricted free agent or chase one of the younger free agents, even even on a little bit of an overpay just to get some get some upside. Um, or who knows, like take on a bad con- contract and get some picks. There you go, the, the Demari Carroll scenario. Can, can you trade for your own Damari Carroll and pick up, a, <laughs> pick up the first for it? Um, okay, let's talk Serge Ibaka. Um, we're already running longer than we... Uh, we, uh, we haven't even talked about Veronica Mars yet. Yeah, I'm only a couple episodes in, so that might... Oh, you had to, you had to endure the Paris Hilton episode. I did, yeah. That well, was anyway. interesting. Um, um, Serge Ibaka, I, in some ways, I feel, I feel like PJ Tucker is almost less replaceable on the roster than Ibaka is. Um, I think, I think, and that might just be because we've seen how the Raptors have not only played without Ibaka, but like cobbled together really good, good seasons with without him. I, and I think they the also def- have a ton of center, centers. Yeah, the def- the defense would not be as good. Serge Ibaka is the best option as a defensive center on this team. But just like like it didn't make sense to pay both Bismack Biombo and Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas starter center money last year, it no longer makes sense, sense uh, uh, to pay both Ibaka and, and Jonas Valanciunas starter center money. Like This is the most, the most noteworthy thing that Masai Jury to me, said at his end-of-season press conference was, was, is Serge Ibaka more a five than a four now? Maybe. Maybe. The maybe meant yes. Yes. Like, like, yes. So, and, and if he's your center, center you know, you're, you're sacrificing some rebounding, yeah. but your rim protection yeah, and your spacing is going... Um, Serge Ibaka did not work as a power forward in Orlando. Nothing works in Orlando. Um, well... Until the until the Jeff Waltman yeah, regime takes over, yeah. but he did not work terribly well as a power as a power forward there. He his, the net ratings with Nikola Vucevic and Bismack Biombo were but well, the first was sort of just Orlando Magic bad. The second hmm. one was beyond Orlando, Orlando Magic yeah. bad. Uh, he was way more effective as a center with the Raptors not, not playing with Valanciunas. He's a center now in today's game, and that doesn't mean mean you can't play him with Valanciunas sometimes if. You know, injuries or, or, or roster construction dictates, but it's not the best way to use him anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, you have I, you, you I, already I have Jonas Valanciunas, you already have Lucas Nogueira, you have you have Yak, uh, Yak and Pertle. Pascal Siakam, who I yeah. still believe is better catter cast as a five in a similar way to Ibaka yeah. being better at the five yeah, now. Yeah. now. Um, yeah, and then again, draft loaded with bigs, but that, that doesn't that doesn't yeah. really inform your short term thinking. Um, yeah, it's interesting with Ibaka because for so long, 
the Raptor, the talk was the Raptors needed a third piece and they needed a power forward. And, and Ibaka was on the short list of guys who could fit that bill yeah. as both the, the, the third guy and a power forward. And then they got him, and the price was reasonable that reasonable yeah. enough that even if you know he's gone, yeah. it was still worthwhile to, yeah. to, to see. See, um, but now you can kind of talk yourself into them not continuing with. Serge Ibaka, which is weird because it puts them right back in the situation they were in before, before where they're looking for someone like Serge Ibaka. Yeah, like and, and, and again, if, you, again if, you don't have the money to to go out and get a different Serge Ibaka. Yeah, and and so if if you agree with my premise that pay, paying Valanciunas and Ibaka that money, I don't see a same, scenario yeah, where, they're, yeah. where they're both on the roster. Exactly. So you're looking at do you want to bring bring Ibaka back and then accept? What should be a tough, tough trade market for Jonas mm-hmm. Valanciunas, uh, or or do you think you can still work with Valanciunas? Hopefully, slightly increase, increase some of the areas where he's weak. I think you know the die is sort of ta- tasked with how he'll be from a, a macro defensive defensive point of view, but hopefully you can make slight steps somewhere where except that uh, Ibaka is going to walk and walk, and you've paid the price that you did. And go on, because what can you reasonably, reasonably expect to get for Valanciunas at that some point? Not, well, do you know you'll be able be able to move him? I think you will. But, you'd be able to move him, but do you have to take contracts contracts back, and then you're paying this huge luxury tax bill unless you can move somebody else? Yeah, I, I think your I think your hope with dealing Valanciunas is you can get a low, a low salaried you know bench player back, yeah. but even that might be like you look like you look at what Philadelphia got for New Orleans Noel, and yeah, he was. Um, you know, headed into restricted free agency and hadn't played a lot, and there, there's noise, noise there. Um, but they got Justin Anderson in two second round picks, which is Justin, Ander- Justin Anderson's still an interesting prospect, but that's not a big haul for a center who is probably probably better than Jonas Valanciunas. Um, all told, we we haven't seen enough cons- consistently enough from Noel, um, but when he's played, he's been very good. Um, um, at and, least defensively. And then how many teams? Like, yeah, teams, and the Mark, like we're, Mark, we're going into free agency. Teams Jeff, have Jeff designed Walt, for that Jeff, space. Yeah, and Jeff Waltman is, is going to try to shop Vucevic. The Sixers yeah. would probably still move move Jaleel Okafor. Um, Greg Monroe can opt out of his deal and become a free agent. agent. Uh, Al Jefferson exists. There are a lot of guys like that. So um, I think that would be your hope to get a low-salaried bench guy to kind of, kind of balance things out a little bit. But realistically, you might... You know, you might just be hoping someone takes someone takes it on, and if you get you know a future pick back, cool. That's 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 an asset to use in a trade later. But yeah, it's a tough spot. And, and then yeah. Kyle Lowry, um, let's not give it away because oh, your I article isn't up yet. I don't um, think there's much to give away. You know, people should uh, subscribe to the Athletic Toronto Toronto to read that article yeah. and click the little emojis at the bottom to let everyone let everyone know that my stuff's great and Eric's is trash. And <laughs> funnel, yes. funnel some of that some of that sweet sweet money. Yeah, I kid. I uh, uh, yeah. But do provide feedback. Let's yes, please provide constructive, constructive feedback. We always welcome that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Kyle Lowry, uh, uh, irreplaceable in my mind. I haven't yeah. read your piece yet because it's not no. up. Well, if Kyle Lowry walks, they. I mean, I've said this a bunch of times. If Kyle Lowry walks, it makes sense to turn everything in the opposite direction because your floor is lower and your ceilings ceilings lower and. You know, it's a half measure. You're, you, we talk about getting stuck, getting stuck in the middle or that treadmill of mediocrity that everyone fears or whatever. Yeah. Um, you, you can make a much better case for doing that and staying in the mix with, with, Lowry. with Kyle Lowry yeah. than without him. Because otherwise, you're first-round fodder. You're, you're, the, you're the, like, we saw what happened with the Atlanta Hawks. Not, not the exact same situation. Al Horford leaves the Atlanta Hawks. They win 43 games, three games and lose in the first round. And yep. I think that is probably probably a similar fake that would await the Raptors. 
It to would be honest. Yeah, yeah. If Lowry walks and they still try to maintain, and now they weren't at all in, all in the same situation because like Atlanta, like the Raptors just have more critical critical free agents than Atlanta yeah. does, and uh, Atlanta sort of had to n- not had to, but naturally were in a position position where it was harder to blow up maybe. Uh, and yeah. Anyway, anyway. The, the thing yeah. it's it's similar, and the thing with. You know, losing Lowry has multiple effects. And, yeah, you have three point guards, point guards on the roster who are all varying degrees of interesting. But Kyle Lowry's been, he's been your best player over the last four years. Yeah. And his four, this four-year or five-year stretch that he's on is one of the best in franchise history. Exactly. And, over the last five years, since he, became, since he became a Raptor, exactly four guards have produced more total one shares. There you go. There you go. Uh, Chris Paul, Stephen Steph Curry. Curry. Russell Westbrook. Yep, yep. Um, does James Harden classify yes. as a guard? There you go. Those guys are good. Yeah. Kyle Lowry's like below them. Like yes. he is the top of that the next, next tier. tier. Like by it's nice. It's nice when numbers agree with what things feel like. Also, when you, also, also when your players line up with exactly where your team is. Yeah. yeah they're toward the top of the top of that next tier. Yeah. That's uh. Yeah. So I don't know if Lowry, if Lowry goes, I think you move in another direction. Um. Oh, the other point. The other point I was going to make is, um, if you're talking yourself into. This team uh, being a little better next year by way of a system change or change or culture reset or whatever you want to call it. Kyle Lowry was the team's best three point shooter. He is he is the best creator of threes for teammates. Yeah. Um, um, you cannot get more three point shooting out of this team. Is not built to shoot a ton of shoot a ton of threes in general. But Kyle Lowry is like maybe the only only like he's the, he's the most important thing to their three point shooting in general in general yeah. as a shooter and a creator. Yeah. So, Blake has given me the words for. Me to finish this piece right now. There you go. It's great. Um, okay, let's but still read it. Let's let's wrap this up because we're at twenty five minutes and I really need to eat something. Me too. Um, before I head over to the Jays. Is there anything else we got to talk on? Talk on. Well, do you want to talk Veronica Mars or do you want to save? This? We can. I'm a couple episodes in. I think we should probably, probably save it a deeper talk so, for one. Okay. So what are, what are what do you think of the pilot? Because I, oh, I really like. Yeah, it. the pilot's awesome. I mean, the pilot is basically what you had described the show. Had the show to is to me yeah. as, and I'm a big fan of pretty much everything else Rob Thomas has done. Has done. Yeah. So, you know, this is non Matchbox Twenty Rob yeah. Thomas, by the way. By the way, uh, it, it, uh, I, this is the least interesting spoiler spoiler ever. In the third season, in one of the final two episodes. Uh, they start start talking about Matchbox Twenty and Rob Thomas, and one of the characters says that says that guy sucks. Nice. <laughs> um, in, and then on an I Zombie, Rob, Rob, Rob Thomas, Thomas is actually I, in yeah, an episode. Matchbox yeah. Twenty. Yes. Anyway, continue. Rob Thomas's Matchbox, Matchbox Twenty. Rob Thomas's best contribution to TV shows, though, is the episode of It's Always Sunny and Sunny in Philadelphia. He's in where him and Sinbad are in a crazy asylum together. Uh, um, that, yeah. Anyway, I won't spoil the rest yeah, of that. Yeah. But um, continue. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I, Veronica Mars, Mars is basically what I expected so far. Yeah. Um, I think I'm three or four episodes yeah. in. I fell asleep sleep watching one last night. So yeah. whatever episode that was. Uh, there is an episode that should should be forthcoming um, that will ra- wrap up a miniature plot. I would say a, uh, that, and it involves Veronica figuring something out mm-hmm. before you as you as a viewer or the characters. Do okay that okay. that like I think I love the pilot the tipping point. and then that like like 
was like, oh my god, they're like, okay. they're not spoon feeding you necessarily okay. with like, because I sort of hate that. They're not when, hitting you over the yeah, head. Yeah, I hate with, when and, you're and like, you're like you wait for the yeah, when you're ahead of the characters and you're right. like, oh, this guy's such, guy's such a mouth breathing idiot. Yeah. Like, and and or in the case of Riverdale, where you just don't just don't care anymore yeah. what the what the reveal is going to be. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you're mostly mostly enjoying so far. The uh, there are definitely some rocky. rocky uh, points in the criticism that that the that Veronica Mars gets is sometimes the case of the week is not as not as interesting and I think you could definitely see yeah. that especially in the second episode I thought the third the third episode had a really interesting case of the week the one with uh, the the boy looking for his father yes um, yes great and, swerve yeah uh, but those are hit and miss also, yes. also and, touching on those issues yeah, way before yeah, just uh Way way ahead of its time, yeah. um, but that's hit and miss, as, and people rightfully care more about the season long and long arcs yes. than they do about those. Um, also, you're getting in 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 maybe five or within the next seven or eight episodes, episodes you're getting an, maybe a B list movie star or in a case of the week episode. Interesting. Mm-hmm. When does Ryan, does Ryan Ryan Hansen is that his name? He he, he, he is actually actually in the pilot. If you go back and watch, oh no, he's in the second episode, okay, the, Har- okay. the Harris Hilton episode. If you go back, he's in the background. Just yeah, like, if you yeah. go, he's holding holding the guy who they're trying to beat up, uh, Paris Harris Hilton's um, yes, biker lover. Right, he's um, the guy holding him down. He's holding up, and he says nothing. And then a whole character develops from there. Nice, nice. But With you're a gonna, spinoff show that had eight episodes. Yeah, but you're gonna have to. You know, he doesn't become a, a bigger player okay. until the second well, season. He's, he's the best. Well, so. so. oh, it was just because he could only think. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, yes. In, in Party Down, Kyle singing uh, the song "My Struggle", My Struggle yeah. in the very last episode is, is one of like the top ten laughs I've ever had in a TV show. Yeah. Watch Party Down and watch Rodney Yes, Mars. Party Down. And, and what was the third third part of the trifecta? Aaron said Friday uh, Night Lights, but it's oh, obviously she thought, Terriers. No, it's Terriers. Yeah. Um, um, because I love Friday Night Lights. It's one yeah. of my favorite shows but it's, ever. It's, but I don't feel any ownership over it because it's right. like a widely acknowledged classic, right. I would say. Uh, you can't say, like, oh, you're like, oh, yeah, my personal triple threat yeah. is Seinfeld yeah. with Friends and... <laughs> the Simpsons. So, yeah. thanks. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for the <laughs> heads up. Um, okay, any parting shots, right. shots before we uh, wrap this up, man? Blake, enjoy your vacation, man. Thanks, man. I'll try. I'll try. Um, it's going to be tough to unplug. Well, uh, you can do it. Uh, uh, these things are within your control. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, sometimes we have to... Sometimes you have to accept who you are, and, some, and sometimes you have to know what's best for you. And it's difficult, difficult marrying those two things, um, but I have faith that you can do it. I can do it. Thanks, man. The Raptors will have three workouts next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I hope to be working on a bigger story on them rather than rather than a sort of a breakdown of the prospects because as you're the draft expert here. I'm, I'm not. I, well, the relative draft expert. Just, expert. just work hard to keep um, to catch up. And I, so I'm more interested interested in in sort of the process, and I will have hopefully a, a more detailed piece if it comes together. Uh, Maybe like maybe like next week. Cool. Hopefully, but uh, we'll talk about that. Um, maybe never on this podcast, but you'll, yeah. you'll see. It. Um, maybe we might. We, we probably won't, probably won't have a podcast until June twentieth. It'll probably be a couple weeks, and then we'll be. Uh, that'll be a full, a full trying to tee up the draft process. Yeah, I'll be podcast. A, I'll be thirty-two by then. Oh yeah, I'm missing your birthday. Yeah. Sorry, man. We'll Skype you on. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. We will talk to you in a couple weeks. See you guys. It's
a reasonable man.